Welcome to Hallmark Hall of Shame. And welcome to you, and welcome, uh, Janet. <laughs> and I'm Elena. Thank you, Elena. And we are here with Mary-Kate Miller. Hello. <laughs> and the audience goes <laughs> wild! <laughs> it's just me clapping around the room, <laughs> pretending, <laughs> pretending that other people are happy that I'm here. Thank they you, are studio so audience. going to be happy. Um... All right, we've just watched Enchanted Christmas. We sure have. Did you want to get right into it? I feel, I feel like maybe. I have. I mean, I have so many questions. I'm in, I'm enchanted. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Me too. Um, like overall, positive. Yeah, and so can we address right away? Like the the two leads in this movie are real life married. I didn't what? know that! What? Where? <laughs> what? You were okay. sitting on that? I thought we all knew. No! no. We I... established during the movie that she was from Spy Kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's all I and knew. And that's as deep as it got. She's also from her marriage to him. <laughs> well, that feels weird. So they, they're married. Um, Is that their real daughter? No. no. They just got pregnant and announced it on Instagram. Oh, will they name her Nikki? Probably. <laughs> they'll probably name her Enchanted, Enchanted Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> oh no, no. They do they have a son and his name is Ocean King Penavega. You forgot that for a second? I did. Ocean King? Ocean King. So, I love it. So Triton. <laughs> yeah. The or king Pos- of the ocean. Poseidon? No, it's Triton, Triton. because Poseidon was it's like a, a god. god and not a king. Well. So Carlos Pena, mm-hmm. the fella, uh, he's famous for a Nickelodeon show, and he's also in a boy band that I had never heard of before. Was it Dream Street? No. Oh. Um, I mean, it's definitely one I haven't heard of before. <laughs> so if that's what you were going for, <laughs> you nailed that. <laughs> Uh, and Alex Vega is, again, from Spy Kids, and many other Disney or ABC properties, which are the same. Um, they got married and combined their last names, so now they're Carlos and Alex Peña Vega. Okay. And they were both on Dancing with the Stars as contestants. And how far did they make it? I'll tell you, Mary-Kate. She came in sixth. Uh-huh. With her partner, and he came in fourth. So they both made it pretty far. I find that shocking. <laughs> I, I would have expected better dancing. And it was weird because when I, when, because they kept uh, advertising this as like a dancing movie. Yeah. Like all the commercials for it were pictures of them dancing, and they're like Carlos and Alex Pena Vega. And then I just very cursorily looked them up. And saw they were in Dancing with the Stars, I assumed that they were two of the dancers, mm-hmm. like the professional dancers, but they're not. They were just two of the stars. Yeah. So I guess right. they're okay dancers. They're just yeah. riding that wave of yeah. like, yeah, which you is- have so much time to capitalize on your Dancing with the Stars audience who liked both of you and you're both married. Let's just make this a. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. explains... They also have a very popular YouTube channel where they just, like, blog, vlog about their life. 
What are their interests? Uh, uh, God. Okay. And family life, I think. <laughs> And okay. their pregnancy announcements. It's called Lex Loves Los. Okay. Grimace. This was just a cursory exploration into who these stars were. This is You've done your work. This is your one homework. Wikipedia page. Well, okay. Well done. We didn't we didn't do that. Mary Kay. I think I, that's fine. I came in completely <laughs> blind. Yeah. That's I, the way to go. I like it's Anytime a book is recommended to me, I don't read the back cover. I'm just like, I want to experience it fully. Mm-hmm. And I felt that way with this this film. Yes. I, <laughs> you can call it that. I didn't want, I didn't want anything. I didn't want to, I didn't want any spoilers, not even a synopsis. I just wanted to come in blind. I'm which glad. Is, I think also why we had to pause for a second while Elena explained the conflict to me. It's... It still doesn't add up. Sure. And if if you're looking for perfect math, you've come to the wrong channel. That's, I, that's accurate. I, I never am. And okay. I should establish now, I'm a huge... I'm a huge fan of stinker movies in general. <laughs> there's, there's nothing I love more. I've yeah. got, like, my list of bad movies, favorite yeah. bad movies... Longer than my fa- my list of favorite good movies. <laughs> Top of the list, Journey to re- the Mysterious Island. I'm going to plug that. With Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Josh Hutcherson, Vanessa Hudgens, and Michael Caine. You don't think of those four Michael people. Caine. Yeah. You're going to think, I'm going to like, Michael Caine's going to be the best part of that movie. No, you will despise him. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> What's oh, going to be my favorite part of that Probably movie? The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Knowing this sure. one. But, it's but, but your favorite rock, part will actually sure. be the fact that he sweats, but only in his V-neck and never in his underarms. That's how I sweat. That's That was the costuming choice mm-hmm. that they made. People with spray bottles on set doing the V-neck, but not the underarms. Uh, well, Maybe he's got that armpit Botox. <sighs> I think about getting that all the time. <laughs> What? But then I think, but then I think, then I'll just start sweating down my back and there'll yeah, be, there'll be nothing. Toxins else. has to come out. Do they? They do. Uh, so yeah. here's the thing, going back to the Dancing with the Stars thing. Sure. While I was watching this movie, I had the thought, before we saw their dancing, it would be great if they got people who were on Dancing with the Stars. I was also thinking that. I was like, that would be great. And then when we saw them dancing, I was like, oh, but they didn't. <laughs> that obviously didn't happen. Well, they did. They just got the, the, the stars <laughs> and not the dancers. Mm-hmm. There it is. You know, we live in an age of bloated movies. Like, I usually leave and I'm like, could have cut 20 to 30 minutes out. This movie, I really feel like we could have used an extra 15 minutes. <laughs> Just to kind of just to, clarify something. Just like, to business meetings? Yeah. Well, just, or just like, what is this town? Yeah. It's clearly a ski town, but we never mentioned skiing. Not oh, once. They are yeah. in a ski lift once. One time. Yeah. And so here's the thing. We know that it's set in Utah, which I think that uh, one time where I actually looked around at my surroundings and went, Oh gosh, this is very unsettling. Was a time that I was in a Utah airport and went, everybody's blonde. 
Oh. And it, it like, <laughs> really took me off guard. Um, okay. Which is interesting because this Utah movie is the most diverse mm-hmm. cast I've ever seen in a Hallmark film. That is true. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely some things <laughs> not fully adding up, but they're coming out on the positive end. That is true. They aren't in the hole on that one. <laughs> yeah. And what was the name of this town? Rosemont, Utah. Rosemont. Mm-hmm. Rosemont. The main, I mean, I'm not a stickler for plot holes on, on Hallmarks because you can't be. But the one thing that stuck in my craw is that they are remodeling this ski lodge. Okay, I have, I have so many questions. During the month of December. Yeah. They're remodeling it during the month of December. Okay. They're wait, selling wait. it during a remodel. The hotel has closed during the remodel. Yeah. And the most pressing reason that they have to get it reopened is for a Christmas pageant. Um, and not because the hotel is currently not taking in guests. You guys, I love you both so deeply, <laughs> but we need to tell a plot summary before yeah. we continue to okay. go. Okay, right. you've and done. then I'd like to circle back and post haste to the and, economic <laughs> and then and then recast the all of those things. Industry. Okay, <laughs> yes, all right. The plot summary for Enchanted Christmas. When she left Utah as a young widow, Laura Trudeau, which I w- I would like to say is so. Is as casually thrown into the film as it was thrown into that synopsis. <laughs> right. It's right. her boyfriend at the very top, who I like to call Exposition Scott. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you haven't been back since right after your husband died. Your dad was super mad. We've been dating for two months. I'm not going back with you. That family stuff doesn't happen until six months. Can we short very exposition Scott to Exposco? Expo Expo. Okay. Expo. Uh, when she left Utah. <laughs> Truth, he does must go. Alright, when she left Utah as a young widow, Laura Trudeau left behind her father, her love of dance, and an old heartbreak. Now she must return home to spearhead the renovation of a derelict hotel, which must be restored in time for a Christmas Eve benefit dance performance. But Laura is shocked to learn that her old love, Ricardo Artuleta, <laughs> the boy who jilted her for a professional dance career, was the star of the dance benefit. And when his dance partner, Taylor, walks out on the show for an out-of-town audition, Laura has to step in for her, reawakening her love of the dance, not to mention her old feelings for Ricardo. Potent combination that has her head spinning. And synopsis. <laughs> All right. Okay, so the conflict Thank of you, her Elena. going. Mm-hmm. Again, they keep referring it to it as the job. You have to go for the job. The job has to be done in eight weeks. There were also a lot of time. Four, four weeks. Was it four? It was an eight-week job that had to be done in four. Okay, in four weeks. What were the terms of this sale? This company also like and and an yeah. outside company buys a local oh, landmark really and your it. biggest concern is whether or not you're going to have the show on Christmas Eve, which like by the way, why is everybody coming to the show on Christmas Eve? Because yeah. it was the seventy fifth annual show. They do it every year. I miss that seventy fifth. But I, really? Yeah. I said it so many times. I mean well, I got the like every year, every year. Yeah, so annual. So my understanding, so she, she uh, what was her name? Laura? Laura. Laura. 
Laura's boss. Trudeau. Laura Trudeau, <laughs> who I like to think of as like a distant Depart- cousin of Justin. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> A distant right. Hispanic, person. right? Yeah, <laughs> different Canadian prime minister. You know, it's fun. I was like, I wanted. I felt like the maybe the unspoken conflict was we have to get the hotel ready because Justin is coming to the right, Christmas party. Obviously, her her dead husband's in law or family. So it's her, uh, okay, right? Yeah, she yeah. kept that name. Yeah, because her dad's name is Mr. Montoya. Right. Yeah, as in Inigo. Inigo. Uh, so Laura's boss is like a real estate developer, right? Who buys the he, hotel, and he's like an evil real estate developer. He's who that's just the only kind there semi, is. Okay. He's just a nonchalant. Well, like, I think the thing is, they like kind of bill him as like they're putting him in that type, and it's like he does that, but then it's just he just wants the project done on time. Yeah, right. And well, he does like she because he he buys the um, hotel on a whim. Like over Thanksgiving weekend, right? Probably lost like, a bet. You bought a hotel over Thanksgiving weekend. He goes, "I was bored," so it's sort of a like, "Huh huh." So who even knows? But now she has to get the hotel <clears throat> redecorated in four weeks, right? And and part of the just, closing negotiations was that it had to be open in time for this benefit because apparently the venue was already rented as a venue. Even though it was, even even though it was though, in tatters. They had gutted it, which, but I love, I so deeply loved that the way that it was in tatters was just that there were tarps on everyone. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the yeah. construction. That mm-hmm. was what needed to happen was like, there are tarps up and then tarps come down one at it yeah. scene by scene. Right. You which, should see their version of a rundown farm. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Well, but it's, but their version of, a renovated hotel was something super dated looking. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that was a beautiful hotel for, like, 1994. Well, we are in Utah. We are at a ski lodge in Utah. Right. Sorry, Utah. We think it's a ski lodge. We I'm, never, I'm yeah. just saying if we were really... There is really, a ski lift in the front yard. <clears throat> if we were really remodeling yes. that now, there'd be, like, a bunch of exposed beans. Beam. Beans! <laughs> Leading up to a giant in the sky. There'd be stalks all over the place. (laughs) Taking you the top of the mountain. (laughs) One of my favorite tiny moments that just showed how run down the lodge was, was that out front on, you know, the, um, I don't know what you'd call it. Like the roof that goes over where you drive in your car to check in. Yeah. Like the entryway. Anyway. Out front, there was uh, lettering on over the entrance, and it said Enchant D Lodge. Like, the E had fallen off, and they're like, that'll make it look old and derelict. Nice. And every time I saw it, I'd just say Enchant D Lodge. Enchant D Lodge. Enchant D Lodge. And I love it. I love so it. Much. And then in the end, when the hotel that. is ready, it has up like this like neon sign like you would see on a Radisson. And I was like, no, mm. I miss the Enchant D Lodge. <laughs> I will agree. Yeah, I, I agree. That's um, I loved, aside from Exposco, I loved how they handled. <laughs> exposition in general like when they're getting in the car and she just goes dad can you still tutor nikki just like super casually (laughs) yes and then the dad 
I kind of felt like they were doing an alcoholic dad, but instead of talking about him drinking, it was just Christmas. Because you couldn't trust dad to, like, yeah. he came home and he was super fun, but nothing had happened. They'd just been doing Christmas stuff all day. Did you do Christmas in front of my kids again? <laughs> yeah. Did you, instead of fractions with books, did you use fractions with cookies? Yeah. Dad. I, I love that. the dad. Loved. The dad who makes tamales, but only on only Christmas. Only on Christmas. And the day that his daughter comes home. Yeah. Which, like, there were, there were so many things that happened in this movie. Oh, yeah. That we could have just, like, felt, but instead we didn't. No. I always, like, with Hallmarks, I always like to say exposition is a sprint, not a marathon. <laughs> like, they mm-hmm. just open the cannons. <laughs> <laughs> let it fly. And let the facts fly. <laughs> Wherever they may land. And you just gotta catch them. You just gotta reap out, reach up and catch them uh, as quickly as The dad as you is can. really sweet, though. I, and I actually, the acting for him, for Laura, uh, for the daughter, I think those are all really strong. I don't think our lead dude is as strong. His charm does not lie... In the serious emotions. He was great with kids. He's like a fun guy to have around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the whole like... We... Sh- young lovers who... Uh, you know, have been pining for each other. You don't get that at all. Even though they're legit married. Okay. <laughs> in life. Yeah, yeah. Like they have great chemistry. Eh, but there was okay. There was not a lot of like yearning. Like mm-hmm. you usually get with... And I, I did have this moment at the end when they're like, they have their big kiss, like we're together thing, where I was like, oh, this feels like one of your friends getting married to that guy where you're like, I'm so glad you love him and I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, he's not for me. There's a lid I'm, for every pot. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> that he's yours. <laughs> I don't know. I, I one of my favorite moments also mm-hmm. was at one point when they're, the two of them are walking around reminiscing, which of course they do a lot, even though everybody is on a very tight schedule. Um, <laughs> and there's a, there used to be a fountain where you could throw in coins. And, and he was like, here's a random question. What would your Christmas <laughs> wish be? And what are mm-hmm. her three? She's like, well, oh, to finish yeah. the hotel... For Nikki, for Nikki to be happy. Her Nikki's daughter. her daughter. And then, um, I mean, I guess to fall in love again. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, that's not what you tell no. your ex. <laughs> that was a lot in that moment. Yeah. Whew. And, he, and, he, and then his was like hangers and soap. Because yeah. of a well, hilarious joke. Well, and she didn't let him answer. I think she didn't want his... She answered for him, hangers and soap, and then he was like, yeah, that'd be it, and, like, laughed it off. Mm-hmm. So it was like this, I'm not ready for you to tell me you want to be in love, but I just thought I'd throw this out there at you. Yeah. Which is a lot. It yeah. was a lot. Especially for someone who kept being, like, Ricardo, oh, I, I don't want to talk to Ricardo. Oh, there's nothing between us. We're just right. old friends. We just happen to both be working at the hotel. And then she sees him. She's like, I wish I could fall in love again. 
I just right. things aren't going anywhere with Scott. <laughs> We've been together for two months. Well, I think we. I mean, I think we all saw that coming when he sent those text messages. I loved. <laughs> I loved this because there was, was a great there was moment. a very clear deal breaker for me when he sent those text messages. Mm-hmm. He signed off. He did like an XO XO, but he did it wrong. He did X X O O, which is not a thing. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. I feel like that could be for, like, ladies who lunch. I, you would just do, like, a kiss, XX. Kiss, hug, hug. It would just be, like, XX or single X. Nobody does an XXOO. Yeah, dump that guy. Dump him now. Dump Scott. Exposco, gotta go. <laughs> um, I loved, though, how they handled those text messages. Because it's interesting how movies in general handle text messages. Mm-hmm. And usually you just see like words come up. Sometimes you'll see them in special bubbles, some you know, like mm-hmm. where they are on the screen. And this, they knew that we wouldn't remember his name. So mm-hmm. they actually had to put a picture of his face <laughs> next to the bubble, which I thought was hilarious. And then I think to justify that there was a picture, when the text went away, they made it go up in a cloud of smoke, like yeah. this little animation. Like when she puts her phone down without answering. It was as if she had, like, taken a pin and reached out and popped the text bubble. And they'd and been, like, bloop, poofed away <laughs> yeah. with, like, actual cartoon poof. Yeah, it was very uh, <laughs> evocative of her feelings about this time. It was, a great, it was a great moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about child dancing. Okay. <laughs> so I have, um, I have okay, a friend. Okay, so just talk about the news. <laughs> Stop talking about the movie and start yeah. talking about the new. But I have a friend who, um, she's a choreographer and she like runs a dance company f- with a lot of kids. Okay. And mm-hmm. she has said to me that the trick with kids is to put as many of them in a dance as possible. Because <laughs> then when one of them messes up, you don't see it. Like the fewer dancers ah. there are, the more you see when somebody's yeah. off. That makes sense. And I felt like this movie could have used that note. A lot more dancers. So many more. Because think about it. If there had been 50 of those kids, those, the reindeer and the candy cane would have looked like much more impressive moves. Okay. I'll, I'm going to say this. Uh-huh. Hire actual dancers. Because children dancers, like who are actually in competitive yep. dance, are really good. And can handle really great choreography. This choreography really stunk. I found it adorable, though. (laughs) It was... Because I felt like if I were to walk into a lodge in Utah tomorrow, Mm -hmm. those are the children I would see, and those are the dances they would be doing. Uh, And I think that if it was, like, a school recital, I would absolutely agree with you. I feel like because they were building this up as being like, there's always this huge dance thing, this happens every year, this is like, these huge dance people are a part of it, um, the costumes are insanely well done, like, for the kids. I feel mm-hmm. like that to me said, this is going to be a better dance, and it was going to be better because it's actually good, and not just because they're cute running around. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this could have been solved with just a little bit of why. Of like, why is this dance recital so important? Is it important because the whole community participates and it's this like 
binding thing. And I don't know, we're a destination town where yeah. we're overrun by skiers. And this is this one thing that the people who live in the community do each year. Mm, yeah. Is that important? Is there pressure because the people who come that. to vacation come and see it and you want to represent the town well or because you're charging them $1,500 a night so they can ski on Christmas? Why? Why? Why are we doing this? Also, <laughs> while we're on the topic of why, uh, so you read, so you have to have it ready in time for Christmas. Why are you rehearsing at the lodge while it's a construction zone? That's a liability to have children in a construction zone. Um, also, if it's so urgent to have the show, why do the kids only rehearse a few times a week for about an hour? And you, uh-huh. you break up that hour to give them cookies all and the time. All the time. And hot chocolate. Yeah. Because nothing goes well than hot chocolate and cookies and then dancing. Back to right. dancing. Hopefully that's a lot of dairy in that and hot And stripes pie. around the candy cane and pony. And pony. And pony. <laughs> oh, guys, I really want us to all be at the same holiday party so we can pull out those moves. So we can do the reindeer thriller. Because that's yes. just what. They totally did a reindeer was. thriller. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of whys and motivations, I hated the pep talk that Grandpa gave oh. Nikki. Unanimous. Oh, yeah, unanimous. Yes. Yeah. Because Nikki being new in town joins the children dancing show late and so the first day of practice she's very discouraged because she doesn't know the steps obviously Mm. and her grandpa pulls her aside and gives her this motivational talk that goes is there who well no he just goes what's her name and nikki's like what do you mean and he's like the girl in there who thinks she's better than you what's her name and nikki's like danielle she just knows all the steps. And he's like, go back in there and prove her wrong. It's Except like, the, the way whoa. we get there is, well, she must be better than you. And she's like, no, she's just had more practice. And it's like, well, if you don't go back, she's going to think she's better than you. So will everyone else. Like, it's this, it was, it was this a passive aggressive, terrible speech. motivation to give a child. Yes. <laughs> go in there and make some enemies of those children that you're candy caning with. And... You have no friends, but go back there and grab some enemies. Yeah. Grab them hard. You walk into that dance recital, you pick out the best dancer, and you punch her straight in the face. <laughs> That's how we do it in Utah. And, in and also and in Utah youth dancing. <laughs> so similar. And so then similar. Uh, Laura walks up, and she's like, did you give her the... Who's better. Who's better speech? And he's like... Can't beat the classics. So just like, how many generations of women are you gonna turn into, like <laughs> so insecure much monsters? <laughs> so much therapy needed after this dude. I mean, it loose. kind of it does kind of make sense with Laura though. Now that I think about it, because the psychology that he's giving her is not, hey, you feel uncomfortable right now because you feel vulnerable. It's, you feel uncomfortable because you're surrounded with enemies, which is also how Laura treats Ricardo. It's not like, I feel uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I was super vulnerable and you hurt me, and being around you makes me feel vulnerable again. Preach. She's like, no, you're an enemy. Which I, is why she threw an ornament at him when they broke up the first time. Right, right. which 
Right off the tree. As far as we know, was moments after the photo that they both have framed in front of them. Yeah. I did not like that photo. It was a, I mean. Yeah. No. It was a photo, so because they had danced, they'd been dance partners as teens. Yes. And, and lovers. Teen lovers. Teen lover dancers. And because at one point, Laura's watching a home video of them dancing mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And then you see in the video... And then you see they love making videos. When they when it segues into... Just kidding, just kidding. A different kind of video. Um, and then they it shows the moment in the home video where they pause and somebody takes a picture of them. And then it's that picture that they both have. But... I didn't get to that. This photo, she looks like a child and he does not. Yeah. And it's... Not good. <laughs> it's not good, guys. <laughs> All the times the camera just lingered on that photo of a teen girl being kissed on the cheek by, by a grown man. A grown man. That actually is in the news currently. So. <laughs> oh. 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 It's funny because that is not what struck me at all. What struck me about that photo was you both have a photo where he's not really looking at the camera and his face isn't in it. And it's just... Like, I had a friend in high school who one year gave every, all of her friends, she gave us framed photos of us, like, her and the other person together to celebrate their friendship. <laughs> and it was all super flattering photos of her oh. that you were oh, also no. in. And and that photo reminded me of it. Like You know, she got a pep talk from Nikki's grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> She's now in therapy, don't worry. It took her a while, but... <laughs> You know who we haven't mentioned at all yet was one of my favorite characters. Edwin? I was going to say Ricardo's blonde dance partner. Taylor. Taylor. Taylor, Who was set up to be a huge villain, Mm -hmm. but like never really lives up to it and just kind of fades out and ends up being pretty normal too. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's almost like they couldn't, maybe, they couldn't decide if they wanted her to be a villain or not. I think she just didn't care. She just doesn't care about Utah. Right. And the fact that everybody else is going through, like, a major emotional breakthrough, she's kind of like, can we go? Yeah, and everyone being like, this is the end-all, be-all, and her being like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got an audition for a real gig. Yeah. It actually reminds me of... The Baroness in the in Sound of Music. Because as a child, <laughs> I thought she was the worst. Uh, she was evil. And seeing that movie recently as an adult, I was like, is she's not terrible. Yeah. She she just is in a terrible situation and is like, I recognize that you're not into me, you're into the nanny. Yeah. And I'm calling it out, and I'm being honest, and I'm also being real graceful about it. Yeah. She's, I love, she's wonderful. I love the Baroness. We're I right mean, for a Baroness reboot. Yeah. And the fact that she wants to send the kids to boarding school is what makes her the most evil, right? Because as a child, that's how you know that an adult right. is terrible. Um, but Janet, Maybe that was wanted- your dream, to go to a boarding school. Didn't you go to a boarding school? I, I did. And you wanted that. I did. Um, no, <laughs> no baroness in your family. Yeah. It would not have been my dream when I was eight years old. 
Um, but yeah, I went to boarding school to escape the Nazis. <laughs> well, wasn't <laughs> so glad. Wasn't the Baroness no. kind of a Nazi? No. Am I forgetting that? She wasn't absolutely she, wasn't. Wasn't she a Nazi? She was just blonde and gorgeous. Okay, she but Fox. She's in the epilogue of that movie, she was totally a Nazi sympathizer. What? Yeah, I think so. What? I think she left that movie to go hang out with Coco Chanel and design, and just be like, make me something beautiful, like the uniforms you made for the Nazis. Chanel designed Nazi uniforms? Yeah. yeah. Oh, guys, this is a hard <laughs> podcast for me. <laughs> What's happening? So Taylor in this movie is not a Nazi. <clears throat> no. She's not a Nazi. Here. We're not calling her a Nazi. But she does have a villainous moment, and well, I love the one they chose, which was... While the kids are rehearsing this very difficult mm-hmm. routine, she's texting she's while counting. <laughs> and yeah. she never stops counting. She doesn't! And I was like, I know she's Fresh. supposed to be bad, but I love her. I respect her. <laughs> I've been there. They can't yeah. see her. She she's do she is right. pulling this off. She's standing behind them, she's counting, mm-hmm. and she is just texting like They're just doing the pony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and pony. like the Ricardo pony. really phoned it in with this choreography. choreography. All you can do is count. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I mean, it. She's just she's a professional dancer, and so yeah, when right. she got a job, she was like, "Well, I'm gonna do do this," and she's like, "Ricardo, you coming?" He's like, "I don't know," and she's like, "Whatever, dude." <laughs> like, yeah, I will. I'm leaving. I will see you, or I won't see you. But then she does have a very awkward scene with Laura. Oh, it was so good. I loved it. So good. We're, we're like best scene of the film because they haven't. <laughs> they haven't I agree. Laura and Ricardo like they keep playing phone mm-hmm. tag, and then Laura shows up, and Taylor's like, "Oh, didn't he tell you? We got a job. We have to be in London. I'm going to the airport right now." And Laura is like, "Oh, I didn't know that." And she's like, "Well, I'm just saying, if he doesn't show up." It's because of you. And then she, like, just stomps out. But, but it was, but like... it's not even that angry. Oh, no, she wasn't... Not stomped out in an angry way. She was just, like, peace. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm... Check you later, Rosemont. Um, have you met my brother, Ex-Bosco? Met him, ex Okay, Taylor. Um, yeah. I mean, good for her. She's off somewhere on a world tour. Yeah, well, but I, actually not because the job was dependent on Ricardo going. That is and so she doesn't get the lead. Un- yeah. So it was a really casual way for her to be like, "No, this is super important, and the future of my career depends on it." Yeah, she Maybe. actually should have been more of a villain. She should have been more upset. <laughs> like she and she should have been more actively trying to get him to go. I right, think. so that he would have been more conflicted. Because right. it seemed like he was fine, you know, not going on the tour. But if it had been a thing where it's like, well, Taylor and I have been dancing together for 10 years. And if I'm the reason she doesn't get this job, I could never live with myself. That's a dilemma. That is a dilemma. Yeah, that's a... I don't even but, know what I'd be rooting for. Yeah, like that. But they like just... Miss Christmas. They just backed right out of that. They, they're like, <laughs> we can't deal with that. That's real intense. We'll hint at it. But also it's weird that she goes to the audition alone and they tell her you're hired if you bring him. Yeah. It sounds like she didn't get the audition. Yeah. <laughs> it also just sounds like she didn't need to go. Right. Because he did if, an audition. Like if they know them well enough as a pair, then why was she why'd she have to go? I agree. 
And then, but she, and she flew back. None of this, it wasn't a phone call. No. And here's my other question. Just, and I know we can't really ask this of Hallmark movies, but why is this show starting previews in London on Christmas Eve? Great point. Previews are not really very well attended shows. I think it's actually after the new year. So they have a week to learn the choreography. She said the first preview was on Christmas Eve. Like, I think they just, I think they wanted to up the urgency and really give us stakes, so they kept putting everything at Christmas Eve, and I feel like the stakes would have been fine if we'd kind of backed off. I remember hearing it differently. I remember hearing her say that the previews would start, like, New Year's Eve, maybe? But that, so they had a, she had to leave the day after to have a full week to learn the choreography. choreography. So there's also this, like, okay, he'll be late. Yeah. But he'll be working on the choreography here. He flies out and still makes it. Right. Or something. Like, there could be something that happens there. Because here's, I mean, obviously he ends up staying, Laura ends up staying. But here's what I understand. Like, Laura's staying, and she gets a job as the manager of the lodge. What's he going to do? He's been a professional dancer since he was 19. And also, he's going to become the Patrick Swayze he's just gonna of this lot. teach children's dance in Utah. Well, Taylor. he's going to be a ballroom dancer who teaches children hip-hop dance. which it, <laughs> It'll go really well. Which kind of explains his choreography. <laughs> Terrible. But also, she left six hours earlier. He could get on a later flight and still make that. And I get that they don't want us to root for that. But guys, he could have done both. He could have done both. He could have done both. And in fact, he could have said, Hey, Laura, why don't you come spend New Year's with me in in London London, and let's just kind of see where things go? Yeah, let's not put all this pressure on them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a two year tour. Yeah. That's a that feels like a long time to book a tour without knowing how the shows are gonna sell. Yeah. In retrospect, this sounds like a racket. It sounds like it wasn't a real job. You're right. Taylor paid them. I'm worried about what happened to Taylor. I think she's <laughs> I think she's an indentured dancer. Oh, she's no. someone. She's dancing for a Saudi prince. Yeah. No, guys. She fell for like the Barbasan models of dance. And they're like, you just <laughs> we're giving you a two-year tour. You just have to pay us for these classes. Yeah, Taylor, get out. If you can hear us, get out. Get out, Taylor. Leave London now. (laughs) Leave London like you left Utah. (laughs) Just without a damn. Casually, yeah. (laughs) And we also haven't talked about the villain of the movie, which was our very own Exposco. (laughs) You know who he reminded me of? Is the prince in Frozen. Oh. oh. Alright, something I love about watching movies. I don't know movies, Frozen that well. well about I, know it, I know it very I know well. It. I've seen it. <laughs> okay. but something I love, love, love about Chicago movie audiences is that we react. So, like, when I saw Dreamgirls when I was home in Oregon, everyone just sat there politely. Mm-hmm. When I saw Dreamgirls a couple weeks later in Chicago... People applaud after all of the singing. There is, like, cheering when it's done. And there was a similar moment when I saw Frozen here in Chicago where 
I saw it in the theater on National Margarita Day and then went and got some frozen margaritas after. Because that's how you do cartoons. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in the moment where the dude that Anna thinks she's in love with, Hans. 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 Hans, um, who is the 12th son. Right, of- right. Thank you. So she's like, I need a true love's kiss. And he gets real close. Like, he's about to kiss her. And he goes, oh, if only someone loved you. The entire audience in that theater went, <gasps> and one mom went, no, he didn't. <laughs> I love my city. Um, but he reminded me of Hans being like, oh, by the way, I'm a huge D-bag. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, because we thought, so we thought Laura was in trouble with her boss the whole time and was running, and she was like, no, the project's running right on time, which no construction project ever does. But she was gonna die. But it was, it was running right on time. Yeah, and Um, I love, I love when they show ordering furniture. Them being competent at their jobs. I love that. This movie did a great busy woman montage, (laughs) which Hallmark always fails at. So I hey. hats off. I was well like, done. Yeah, she looks busy. She looks tired. The yeah. things coming out of her mouth make sense, which is yeah. not always the case during busy montages. So yeah. Yeah. But as you were saying, Scott. Oh, yeah. So and then we find out that he has been lying to the boss and saying ostensibly, this is I'm inferring based on uh, events that happen later, that he right. tells the boss um, that it's running behind, uh, even mm-hmm. though it's not. And he has to go save it. And he has it. to go save it. So then he is like, uh, she catches him on the phone in a sordid moment where he's on the phone with Oliver, uh, their boss, and, uh, is saying like, oh, it's so glad I came out here. Yeah, Laura was just a mess. <laughs> and I fixed it. I fixed I it. Fixed We're back it. on track. And yeah, that's when we knew that. there's a real Hans. He was a real Hans. Oh, no, he didn't! Yeah. Yeah, she dumped him. Yeah. It was great. And then he had the strangest exchange (laughs) with the construction foreman. Oh, yeah. That I've ever seen. It was. That scene was awkward. Painfully slow. (laughs) Painfully horrible. Eventually, Oliver, Boss Oliver, shows up at the hotel to see how, you know, be there for the opening, uh, which goes well. And he's talking to Laura, and then off over by the fountain in the courtyard, mm-hmm. Edwin, the construction foreman, is talking to Expo Go, and it's just like, so um, Laura did a really good job with this remodel. Guess she gets all the credit. Oh, is that her boss? Are you going to go tell him that she gets... But it took... It was a seven-minute scene. Yeah. Of just Edwin saying stuff and Scott, like, looking abashed and looking at his feet. And then eventually Edwin was like, "What? maybe I'll go tell him how much credit Laura deserves. And then Scott's like, I'll do it. I'll tell him. It's just like, aye, aye, aye. And it would have been so much more fun if Scott had, like, been in the process of telling Oliver some lie about how great he was and Edwin had just come up mm-hmm. and set him straight. Like, that would have been so much more fun so, to watch. Uh, yeah, so, so satisfying. Yeah, and, right. and would have taken much less time. And I don't think Edwin had the far right character. Fewer 
I, I really liked Edwin as a character in every other scene, but in that scene, he needed to be Nick Offerman. Like, he needed to be intimidating, but also have this grandpa vibe. Uh, yeah. And he didn't. Yeah, no. it's like he was just appealing to his conscience mm-hmm. instead of it all being like... And being really tall. Listen. Like, his only intimidation came from his yeah. height. Well, and also, how did he know the intimacies of how much... Edwin knows all, Mary well, Kate. Okay. <laughs> he's Edwin. He's the foreman. If he knows. <laughs> but that's true. How did he yeah. know that Scott was throwing Laura under the bus? Right. He didn't like, know that. It's, I would have kind of liked to see it come from Laura. Right. I almost would have loved to see Scott try to take the credit and yeah. Laura not correct him, but just prove that she got it right. Yeah. Although, to, be, to Scott's credit, she did not get it right. She failed in this project. She mm-hmm. failed in it. And I know because when Oliver, the boss, tries to give her a new job, and it's like, I got your next project. It's a hotel in Dallas. And she's like, I've got an idea for my next project. And then in the next scene, she's introing the Christmas show. And she's like, and I know because I'm so happy to say, I'm the new general manager of the Enchanted. Mm-hmm. How? How? You didn't have, you did not have someone lined up for this job? Scott was right. You mm. dropped some balls. <laughs> <laughs> or that person is now on their way to Dallas. Yeah. yeah. She did the old switcheroo. Yeah. Which, again, that that's a super compelling thing. I'd have loved to see a scene about that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll, it is interesting, though, when the boss goes up to tell her that she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Because he now knows that expos go has thrown her under the bus. He, like, has come clean about it. And he's like, you did a really great job. And her first thing is, well, yeah, it was a team effort. Which I get is, like, the thing to say Mm -hmm. when you're a good leader. But when someone's been throwing you under the bus, I don't think that's the best thing to say in that moment. Yeah, and she has been worried for her job. Right. That's the moment you're like, thank you. I worked very hard, and I'm very proud of this opening. Yes. Period. I wish that they had given her that I am proud of what I've done yeah. moment. And then she waltzes off. Yeah. She pirouettes out of that conversation. And then Nick Offerman Edwin is like, thumbs up. In thumbs the up. No, he was off talking to no one saying, guess you've got a chance to get on Santa's nice list after all. It was like, who you talk to, Edwin? <laughs> <laughs> Why is oh, Edwin no. sitting in the courtyard talk, saying weird stuff to it's, himself? It turns out that... Um, Exposition is actually contagious. It's a Rosemont condition. <laughs> yeah. And so just being in proximity to Exposco yeah. gave him. He sneezed on Just him. funny because there was not a ton of plot. Like, yeah. You don't. You wouldn't think it would be hard to get across the facts that you need in this story. No, but, but it, they, they struggled. Yeah. Yeah, and like the beeline stories weren't necessarily with other characters. It was like. Yeah. The Lodge. The Lodge, and <clears throat> I I still have so many questions about this town. Like, where did they get the budget for all of these Christmas decorations? We will never answer these. And the friend I love who... You for them. The friend who <laughs> either owns or works at a coffee shop. And has great hair. Has great hair. Great she hair. has... But she's no just family. finding boxes yeah. of Christmas decorations. No family. Yeah. No family. She's at Laura's for Christmas. Yeah. I think my favorite moment with her, though, because they established that 
she had been to L.A. six months before. Mm -hmm. And they like, oh, I haven't seen you here. Oh, it's so surprising. And it's like, oh, okay, so they've like kind of kept in touch. Mm -hmm. And then she finds out that Laura's dating Scott. They've been dating for a couple months and she's like, how is this the first I'm hearing of this? And it's like, I don't know. I don't think you keep in touch that well. You, you, it's been six months and they've only been dating two. Yeah, that's yeah. how. That's and he's how. not that great. She's not that excited. None of us no. would tell anyone about yeah. Expo Scout. You want to be like, I'm dating this guy at work. He's the worst. He's just, he's the hottest one there. <laughs> he's, I'll, I'll give him that. He was, he was like very generically handsome. Yeah. I expect to see him in a different Hallmark movie as the lead. Yeah. Within 12 months. I hope. I, I did like That's his side parts. I thought it was really nice side He's part. a handsome guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're um, giving you that extra. All right, Scott. Yeah, you can all take right. that. Stick it in your there's bonnet. Room, there's room for growth. Um, <laughs> all right. I think it's time for Hall of Shame, Hall of Fame. Okay. Great. I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> Hall uh, of Fame. Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> this, this was... a. Not not only my favorite moment in the movie, but maybe my favorite moment of all the movies we've seen so far. Ooh. You know what I'm talking about. Um, the grandpa and Nikki are doing some homework. Yeah. He can't get her to focus on his, on her math homework. And she just wants to talk about, like, her mom's past as a dancer that she just learned about. And she was like, she used to be a dancer? Why did she quit? And the grandpa, deadpan, says... She just realized that math was more important. <laughs> it, was, it was a really great moment. It was so sneakily funny that it took me two seconds to realize that it was, it a, was joke. a joke. Because it was <laughs> delivered so, yeah, so dryly. Yeah. And I was like, that was, that was a really great moment. Grandpa. She just realized that math was more important. <laughs> Back to fractions. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I'm, I'm giving out my Hall of Fame to the diversity of this cast. Yeah. Because, hooray, Hallmark! And Utah, I hope you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Utah is just a diverse place we've, none of us have ever been. No, you've no, been. I've, I've, I've been, been, and it was, airport. it was creepy. Okay. right. But. My Hall of Fame mm-hmm. is going to go to the, to certain moments of the score mm. and the music used in this. Yeah. I loved... So the climactic sad scene was a piano version of Silent Night. But my favorite use of music was when she gets to the Enchanted Lodge for the first time and we're supposed to feel tense. They tell us we're supposed to feel tense with... The dance of the sugar plum fairies. <laughs> oh, and can I just say thank you? Because I, every other Christmas movie tells you to be tense by playing Carol the Bells, and I have an actual real like oh my gosh issue with Carol the Bells. This is gonna come up. I'm sure it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen, and I'm gonna freak out. I can't handle it. So I'm so glad that you sugar plum fairies. Thank you, Hallmark. Thank you. Great. Great Hall of Fame. Great Hall of Fame. Guys, time for shame. Hall of Shame. So I'm going to put Oliver, and my reasons are twofold. Number one. Oliver the Boss. Oliver the Boss. Okay. He's got like a Regis Philbin 
in the early aughts aesthetic where he's wearing <laughs> all black and then like a pastel silk tie. Okay. And it did not do what they thought it was going to do for his character. Um, but the other moment of his is when <clears throat> after Scott off screen tells Oliver that Laura deserves the credit for the opening and then Oliver's talking to Laura and she's like, well, what about Scott? And Oliver goes, him? Him I fired. <laughs> him I fired. He had a moment of conscience. Him I fired. That's why you keep him. Oh, it, again, it's something that would have been great to see happen yeah. on screen, but did not. But him yeah. I fired. Okay. All ashamed. All ashamed. Oliver. Um, my Hall of Fame is the moment where... So the two characters have been talking a lot about this Christmas fountain that's no longer there. Um, we then see, we then see Lover Boy, like go to look in some storage, and he opens, he like pulls back one of the many tarps, and his face lights up. Um, and then we cut to her coming outside. He's like, "I gotta show you something," and he has found this ginormous outdoor fountain, and set it up. And I just feel like we never went into his plumbing and got credentials. The water working. That's the thing. Yeah, that was the part I could not like. Not only this thing definitely weighs at least a ton because it's a three-tiered stone fountain. And yeah. you get the water working in a day. No, if he could, do it was the, a couple hours. Yeah, if he could do that, why do we have problems with the enchanted? Just put Ricardo <laughs> on it. We can do it all. He's a craftsman. Yeah, and I. Uh, that to me was a hollow shame. Like, come on, just show her that you found it and then have her install it the next yeah, day. Yeah, because then that's a great reveal later on. That's, yeah, that they did not use that well, but then also they didn't tout his plumbing capabilities. Because <laughs> yeah. that's really something he can fall back on if dancing doesn't work that's out. True. And I feel like we should know that. Well, also within that is the moment he found the fountain. And yeah. like you said, like, all he does is, like, walk through a split and some tarps. And we're, like, the camera's inside. See-through the, tarps. Yeah. It looks like, like you would have in a walk-in freezer. Right. Uh, the camera's inside the room. So he, we see him, like, walk in, and his face lights up, and he goes, oh, man. And then it cuts to commercial. So it looks like he just saw her naked. He Which, just walked he And just, again, if that fountain was in the hotel... I'm going to say another point to Exposco. Laura was dropping some balls. There was a fountain just yeah. in the middle of one of the rooms. She didn't know it was there. It's had true. no plans to remove it. It's true. I mean, yeah. not that he saved the day, but that Laura was behind yeah. on some stuff. Also, Edwin found all the Christmas decorations also in storage. True. So she really should just have, like, taken a walk through storage. Yeah, just like a, just like a quick <laughs> walk through. Just a lap around storage. <laughs> just... <laughs> See Take what's it all there. in. <laughs> Come on, Laura. So all right. my hall of shame, hall of shame yeah. um, immediately follows Elena's. So uh, Perfect. R- Ricardo shows Laura the fountain, and they kind of remember, because he also tells her he didn't want that to be their last memory there together. They do a little dance. He dips her, and then we get a Laura, and it's Exposco. This is how he has made his... <laughs> Uh, arrival in Utah, 
and it cuts immediately to the tree lighting where Ricardo and Laura were going to go together. And so Exposco is there and he's talking to Laura and he talks to her. She looks in the other direction at Ricardo like it's in any way subtle to anyone involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, but none of this is my hall of shame. The moment that is, is the moment when um, he kind of, I couldn't tell if it was possessively, but then it's clearly not. He, like, puts his hand around her and is like, brr, it's so cold here. And she's like, I guess I'm just used to it. And they cut to a wide shot, and I see her with her coat open and bare legs, Mm -hmm. completely bare legs and, like, very high-heeled pumps in, like, uneven terrain in Utah. Yeah. Laura, no. Yeah, you're not used to it. Like, it, she... She's not properly attired. Yeah. And normally, I mean, Hallmark heroines frequently go through, like, the wardrobe transformation that mm-hmm. mirrors their emotional transformation. So normally, like, the Like heels, we all do. Like yeah. we all, <laughs> all of us. Normally, like, high heels only last the first 40 minutes of the movie. And then you start seeing boots and indoor slippers. And so the fact that she was, like... <laughs> As they slowly give up on life. <laughs> As they get more and more back in touch with their roots. There was a second thing that made me super upset about that, which is my Hall of Fame Part B. Okay. Um, Fame or shame? Hall of Shame Part B. Okay. Um, because the whole time Nikki's waiting for snow, and that's a huge subplot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like there was snow on the perimeter of a lot of scenes. Was I the mm-hmm. only... Like, I felt like there were, like... Mounds of things. Well, it is like the ground was clear. The mountains had snow on the tops, so it was in the background of a lot of shots. I don't remember it, but I don't remember noticing. I felt like it's like you know, it looked like the pathways had been paved, but there was like snow on the bushes and stuff like that, and it just hadn't snowed. I felt like it either that or they were just throwing tarps willy nilly all over the place. I believe that. Yeah. But I also think this was filmed somewhere very warm. They would have had to actually add snow. It was filmed in a hotel that has <clears throat> not a ton of business. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to give them the space, which is also why the interior looks so dated. Right. So it's, I mean, it could be it was in a ski lodge. It was Vancouver. In. Was it? Well, they, like, Hallmark fills almost everything in Vancouver. Uh, well, they filmed 33 Christmas movies this year. What? And I think, like, a fourth of them were in Vancouver. Yeah. But this looks like... I feel like this was a Vancouver. Like, it very well could be. This is a machine. We're talking about a machine here. They crank those suckers out. (laughs) This is the Matrix. Yeah. And I know what you're thinking. Why don't we write one? You're right. I, you know, I have some, my bigger thing is I just have some notes for the Hallmark Writers Room. And Hallmark is a machine in general. Yeah, we talk about this a lot, the idea of a Hallmark Writers Room, which is not real. Like, it's people who submit scripts. But I (laughs) want there to be a Hallmark Writers Room. I want it to be the same There's a notes room. There's a network notes room. There's some There's the executives who are making the choices. Who homogenize the product. Well, and I think they need our numbers. Are you listening? Five, 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 five. You know, like the movie number? Yeah. It's a bit. Anyway, 
I we all got it. <laughs> just the blank stares. That's love the comedy I just didn't get from all the Harmark script. Yeah, it's gonna be called brilliant. Call Me. <laughs> Call Me in Chicago. With a bunch of fives, <laughs> questionably the appropriate number of numbers in a phone right. number. And that and was if the we blank watched stare, it, we'd be like, that's not our area code. Calling, I was counting the number of fives that you were saying, which is why I As was, was I. at you. You were all counting my fives? Yeah. yeah. I got it right. <laughs> I got lost, so. It's, it's seven fives. I got lost. Um, thank you for joining us, Mary Kate. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been delightful. Thank you. Thank you for coming, as always, Elena. And thank you, Janet, for hosting. (laughs) You're welcome. And thank you, Hallmark. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. We'll be here. (laughs) Bye.